Hello, fans of all ages. Welcome back to the Exit Vlog Podcast. Ryan Morick and Christian Q. Caranta here with you on March 12th, 2020, a day that will live in sports infamy. I apologize for the lower tone, but it's certainly a weird day. It's been a weird 24 hours, week, whatever you want to call it. But over the last, uh, I guess now, 20-ish hours... We've seen COVID-19, otherwise known as the coronavirus, pretty much shut down the sports world. There's really no simpler way to put it. Not even 24 hours ago, we were kind of grasping our minds into NBA games being played without fans and NHL games being played without fans. And we were utterly shocked at the fact that the NCAA tournament was going to be played in empty arenas, including the Final Four, which this year was going to be played in Atlanta in that beautiful new stadium that holds about 90,000 or 100,000 people. Totally empty. Later on last night, I think it's when, for me personally, Q, I don't know about you, and I'm not going to lie to you, I was kind of selfish in that I thought everything was being really blown out of proportion, but we get the updates last night that Tom Hanks has a coronavirus, and we were all kind of waiting for a ball to drop on a celebrity, and then the first one that we get is one of the most famous actors ever from from the 80s still today. Half hour later, we get the news that Rudy Gobert test positive for the coronavirus about 45 minutes after the official postponement of the Jazz game last night. And then very shortly after that, the NBA announces that they were suspending their season. And then obviously today, almost, I think think now it's official, every Division I conference has canceled their tournament. Duke has canceled all athletics. A lot of schools around the nation have canceled athletics. I know that a lot of hockey conference tournaments are shutting down. We just got the news not even a half hour ago that the MLB season is being delayed at least two weeks and spring training games are no more for the rest of the spring. And my job, Q's job, Adam's job, Henry's job, our job is to be an escape from the real world and especially in a time like this where the political battle is certainly heating up and obviously now we're in a new normal where you see masks everywhere and you see gloves everywhere and people aren't going to the gym and people are legitimately people are living in fear now it's a different world that we live in and we try to be that escape for you guys but unfortunately at this time we can't because this new normal is affecting sports insanely. So we apologize. And with that being said, in terms of the podcast itself, this is a baseball podcast. And when there is news to be delivered, we are on here. Hopefully we will have more content to pump out for you guys. But that's all I have to say on just how we we try to be there for you guys in terms of being entertaining. The laughs are certainly not going to be there this episode and maybe for the next few episodes. But unfortunately, Q, that, that is the world that we live in right now. Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, from a basketball perspective, if you want sort of a laugh, well, not really a laugh, but you see Rudy Gobert touching the microphones and per report, he was touching everyone's stuff, kind of mocking the virus and sort of karma. He's the first person diagnosed with it. Listen, I hope he gets better quick. But just like you said, we can't live in a fear-mongering world. We can't let paranoia and divisiveness rule us. But also, we have to worry about the older people who are more susceptible to this. And as you see now, all major sports are doing, in my opinion, the right thing. Because you can't over-prepare for stuff like this. Because the last thing they need is people that go to a mass sporting event get their traced back to that sporting event. And in turn, the sport, whichever it is, looks like they dropped the ball. I guess baseball is getting ahead of the curve in this regard and stopping everything in its tracks. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that leagues all around the nation and around the world are doing the right thing. And the last thing I want this podcast to be about, I don't want this to be a referendum where we are arguing back and forth about should we live out in fear? I mean, people are gonna people are gonna do what they want to do. Personally, I'm still gonna be going to work on public transportation. I'm still gonna be going to the gym. I'm still gonna be while I can substitute teaching middle school and high school kids, which are pretty much ginormous petri dishes in, t- in terms of germs oh, yeah. going around <laughs> all over the place. I've I can't lie. I've been sanitizing my hands as 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 often as I possibly could, but th- that's not what I want this podcast to be about. Because we are a sports podcast, we are a baseball podcast first. So since you mentioned the MLB, I'm going to go on the route that the MLB kind of didn't really have to do anything. In terms of spring training, I think that was inevitable. I think that games had to be canceled, especially when you we are seeing, I mean, here in New Jersey and by you in New York, we are seeing we are seeing rules where gatherings of 250 or 500 people are being banned and pretty soon Florida might do that anyway. So baseball kind of didn't really have much of a choice in terms of spring training. But on top of that, the original date for opening day was two weeks from today, March 26th. And MLB is being being proactive and not reactive in delaying the season. We're not happy about it, but at the end of the day, this is more than sports. This is real life. And I want to go back to hitting home again. And I'm sorry for going on these long tangents, but many of you know this. I used to work for the New York Mets. I worked there for two years. This morning, Donovan Mitchell, the basketball player, got a positive test for coronavirus. I sat next to Donovan Mitchell Sr. for an entire year, every day. Me, Don, like Donovan's my guy. <laughs> if I saw Donovan right now, uh, I I'd dab him up. I give him a hug. So we got to the point. I, I think when this thing first broke a, a month or two ago, or however long it was, we kind of just blew it over and said that this wasn't going to happen to us. You never know. That I mean, I'm willing to take my risks, and that's why I've said previously that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to live my life normally, but. We're not immune, and it's hitting home, and we are seeing it now with baseball being suspended. But what I want to get into is how it affects the season directly because I want to know if they're going to play 162 games. With the season being delayed two weeks, that means that right now, if everything just gets pushed back, 
we're playing a World Series in the middle of November. So, Q, do you see any logical reasoning for... I mean, I'm going to use the Yankees and Dodgers as an example because those are the two World Series favorites right now. It gets pretty cold here in New York in the oh, middle of yeah. November. I mean, so, just Derek Jeter, uh, you know, he's been known as Mr. November, but we could be looking at Mr. December this year even if it runs even deeper because how long could you possibly see this suspension of games going on for if cases continue to skyrocket? Yeah, I, I don't know. And that's why I think two weeks is just a solid number for now. It pretty much gives MLB a little less than a month to fully adjust if necessary. And I don't think that, I mean, right now, opening day is now slated for April 8th. I don't think baseball is going to wait until April 7th and say, never mind. I think that they're going to be very continuously proactive in their decision making. But with that being said, Let's say that the Yankees are hosting World Series games in the middle of November. I think that fans are going to come out to the ballpark. But we've seen harsh weather in late March and early April. And the one time the World Series has been played in November on three occasions. The first time the season was delayed because of September 11th. And it's funny how the three World Series to ever be played in November all actually happened in New York, 2009. It was Yankees, Phillies, and then happened again in 2015. So, and and it's very rare, obviously. Like I said, three times, not a lot of games. But the middle of November, and like you said, Q, if this is going to delay until the end of April opening day, what would you rather see? World Series games being, I'll give you three options. A World Series game in frigid cold on December 2nd in New York. World Series games moved to neutral site domes, which I personally hate. Or would you rather just see a 130-game season? I'm going to have to go just just play it out in the cold because, listen, things happen sometimes in December. It's not as cold. Sometimes it's colder. Like you said, in March, we can get snow. I just think you got to play out the season and wait to see. But say if the coronavirus gets really, really bad and they have to delay until May or even middle of May or June with or you play without fans, what's your take on that? I mean, they're going to have to uh, – that's tough. I really wonder – I don't see baseball delaying and then starting a season without fans. I I I don't think that's a route that they want to go in, because if that were the case, then they just would have announced that the first couple of weeks would start on time and not have any fans. So I think that baseball is going to delay this as much as that as they feel necessary. But I don't think that they want baseball played in November and December because you know what? Let's face it. Let's say that it does get delayed until mid-May early June, I think that might be, I mean, I'm no expert, but off, but off the top of my head, I'm going to say that's a little bit of a stretch, but let's just say that's a scenario. And they say, Hey, we are going to stick with 162 games. Then that means that assuming all of the other sports seasons are the way that they are naturally supposed to be, 
Baseball would be fighting against football in playoff races. Baseball is going to lose in basketball no matter what, unless if you are in World Series games. I mean, and hockey is, I mean, everyone's going to beat hockey. But I don't think baseball wants to go up against playoff races in football and basketball, which is rapidly becoming king. So they, I mean, I think that the middle of November is probably the latest that they would go. A, before returns, freezing cold, and you're playing on snow. And B, before the competition that they're facing gets stiff. Most definitely, they will lose every time if they go up against playoff basketball or playoff football. That's undoubtedly true. It's just, I feel like they're going to have to play the games without fans if it comes to that extent. But, like you said, they're delaying that because I feel, in my opinion, baseball needs its fans more than ever, more than any other sport, because baseball's in sort of a rebuild mode to try to fasten up pace of play. They want to get their popularity back up. And they're in threat of not being the national pastime anymore. So I feel like they're getting ahead of the ball and trying to avoid playing without fans more than ever. Because beside a monetary point, you know, baseball needs the fans for money. We understand that. But to a bigger perspective, they need their fans to be there. Because baseball has diehard fans, yes. But they need to find a way to expand their base and playing without fans is absolutely detrimental to baseball. I don't know how you feel about it. No, you, you, you make, you make a great point, especially with baseball just being in total limbo right now. And I know that the commissioner has gotten a, a very bad rep about the Astro scandal and the Red Sox scandal and, and his opinions on pace of play and the time where he called the World Series trophy a piece of metal. Rob Manfred is on a lot of people's you-know-what list right now. Mm -hmm. And I think that – I think Rob Manfred means well. I think there are times where he has messed up. I've been very vocal about him and his pace of play and his his tactics to try to defeat pace of play, I should say, or improve pace of play – I think that he has the right idea. He just doesn't know how to implement it. And with that being said, you hit the nail right on the head, Q. Fans are going down every year. Youth, our age, the gen- the generations older than us. They need fans. So I'll be very shocked to see stadiums with empty ballparks. And I wonder if that was a part of their decision-making. I really wonder if Rob Manfred said, hey – I can't afford to have fans not come to the ballpark because we're already losing some at a pretty rapid pace. I really wonder if, if, if that had anything to do with it. And they just said, you know what? Screw it. Let's just delay the season and keep – because at this point, Q, everyone understands suspending the season. You know what I mean? Some people have, wouldn't necessarily agree with playing and just having no one there. But when you are taking control of this – this this issue at hand, I think you gain more respect. Yeah, but if you look at it from a marketing perspective, and just like what you said with the fans, who is the base of their fans right now? I would say probably people ages 50, 60, 70. So they probably took that into account and are like, oh, wow, they're the most susceptible to get actually affected by this disease, whether you like it or not. So... They said, hey, we can't, we can't go ahead with this right now because 
the majority of our diehard loyal fans are the, you know, the golden age that are dying out and they can't have them affected because they are the most prone, I hate to say it, to get seriously ill or even die from this. And I'm sure you can agree on that point. Yeah, that's a very good point too. The the fact that they want to get the young fan involved, but, and and I mean, the the older generation, ages 60 and above or 55 and above, it's not their target audience because they have them already. I feel like anyone 55 and older, like, like even you and I, we are pretty much at the point where baseball can do whatever and we're going to watch. And I think the same goes for the older generation. The younger generation, the, the, that's certainly not the case. So, you, again, real good point where a lot of people going to these games are part of the older generation and they do have to be proactive. But, again, it, it, it it's a very – we are in limbo in the baseball world right now because we are really not sure what's going to come next. There really is not much to say um, – we don't want to sound like broken records here, so this is going to be a, a shorter podcast. But Q, b- before we go, I want to ask you. Oh, actually, we're not going to go because the Mets just released a statement. I literally just got the email. I'm going to read it out loud. I haven't even read this yet. The New York Mets today issued the following statement: We have been in regular communication. Keep in mind, this is probably. I'm assuming this is about Donovan Mitchell and his father, um, and it is. We have been in regular communication with medical professionals and public health authorities over the past several weeks. When news surfaced last night of the situation involving the Utah Jazz, we immediately contacted Donovan Mitchell Sr. to advise him to not report at our facility this morning. There's more, but I'm going to take a quick break. Um, While I was working with the Mets, Donovan Mitchell Sr. is the director of player relations and community affairs. So he's around the team a lot. He's the one who organizes their autograph signings, their appearances. He was pretty much the head honcho of FanFest. Donovan Mitchell Sr. was at the Jazz Knicks game played at the Garden just on May 4th. And the NBA is urging anyone to have played against the Jazz to within the last two weeks to self-quarantine themselves. So this is why this is very important in becoming a baseball story. Um, going back to the statement. Upon learning today that his son, Donovan Mitchell Jr., tested positive for the coronavirus, we brought that fact to the attention of our medical team, who recommended as a precautionary measure that Donovan Sr. be tested, and we are making those arrangements. We will continue to closely monitor the situation, and the medical staff will advise us if any additional testing becomes advisable. So now it's a legitimate baseball story cue. I thought we were done with this podcast. We'll, we'll we'll talk about this for a couple of minutes, but this is news that literally just broke. It's three forty five p.m. right now. We're recording this on the eastern on the eastern side. This was a sport. This is a story about just baseball being delayed. Now baseball players, uh, and and I hate to say it because again, Donovan's my guy. Uh, we talked every day at work, but this is now a story where a baseball team is being directly affected. If Donovan Sr., I got to be real careful here. If Donovan Sr. gets tested positive, they're going to have to test the entire New York Mets team. Mm -hmm. I'm not not exaggerating. 
he's in direct contact with players you would know best. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like almost every day. And he was at, I don't remember when he went to spring training, but it was early February. And my last day there was February 21st. I didn't see him at work for the last three weeks. And he literally came up. He, he I, I found out a few hours ago from uh, people who work at the Garden that he flew up for the game. And then the New York Post reported, and it's obviously been confirmed. And then he went back down to Florida the next day. So, yes, he, he's been with the players for almost six weeks now. I think it becomes a really, not scary situation, but it really highlights how important and how no one is immune from this. As you said, Tom Hanks, of all people, has it. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. And we thought that we would go from, like, the bottom up. We exactly. thought, like, it would be like, like I hate Hanks. to use the term. <laughs> right. I hate to use the term, like, D-list celebrities, but we thought it was going to be one of those guys, and then eventually it would spread. Like, we get we get hammered with friggin' Tom Hanks, of all people. And he's in that age range, too. God yeah. forbid Tom Hanks die. I'm going to cry. But how many people, NBA players to be exact, I would – estimate at least 10 or more because you know how a basketball is played how many have it yeah i would say 10 or more maybe 20 well well, max scherzer made a very good point he said that he gave a lot of credit to baseball because he said that baseball and the league would be naive to say that no one has this virus that's certainly a possibility because it is very rare but now we are at the point like i said about Donovan Mitchell Sr., a longtime employee of the New York Mets who has been down at spring training after his son, Donovan Jr., who's a stud in the NBA, got tested positive for it. Um, I was actually talking with my friends about how many people we think have it. I unofficially set an, an, an over-under of 8.5, but I, I don't yeah, want to get I don't want to get into that conversation because, I mean... I, I, that that's so that would be so tabloid, but it, it is a conversation. It is a thought to be had because this thing is spreading uh, like wildfire. But we thought we were going to leave in about five minutes, but the Mets li- literally just came out with this statement and popped up on my email um, as a writer for SNY. I, I I get all these press releases, and I felt like um, I had to read that and. On a personal note here, uh, best wishes to Donovan Sr. and Donovan Jr. and the rest of that family. Uh, Donovan Sr., a blast to work with. Uh, Love the guy. And at this point, best wishes to the New York Mets. And I already know what jokes are going to come. Like, same old Mets. No joking here. No joking. and Serious issue we have at hand. I was reading a report per, uh, per Bloomberg today that you can spread the virus for five weeks. So just imagine, like, how many people have this and they haven't been tested for it. Because people like me and you, we can literally probably work through this disease, maybe without even going to the doctor. But like this report is saying, you may be able to transmit it for a month. So I think in the next following weeks... We're going to have a lot of bombshell reports, and you're going to be hearing a lot more of us on this subject. It's become the new Astros, basically. Yeah, it has. I mean, I thought that 
the day Kobe Bryant passed away, I thought that that was going to be the craziest day of the year, and the last 24 hours might have beaten it, and we all obviously remember it was six weeks ago that Kobe Bryant passed away, but just keep in mind, uh, first of all, stay safe, everyone. Um, I'm not one to give you life advice. All I'm going to tell you is do what makes you comfortable, whether it's staying inside and and not wanting to be in the outside world or whether it's living a totally normal life. I have no issues with, with whatever you do because that is, um, it's like I said before, it is the new normal, but again, this is now becoming a sports issue because, Two players in the NBA got diagnosed with it. They have played against other teams who play in the same arenas as NHL teams. And I didn't even mention, I don't even think I mentioned the NHL. They are suspending their season. And now on top of that, a player in the NBA, his father, works for a major league team. He has being, he's being tested for the coronavirus. He has been around a baseball team. That baseball team has been around X amount of teams who have been around X amount of teams. It might be a stretch, but one way or another, Q, you don't want to take any chances because all 121 professional teams that are currently in action in basketball, hockey, and baseball have not, maybe not directly, but they've come in contact with each other at some point over the last 10 days it's it's crazy we're gonna wait and see this next 14 days to 20 days is gonna reveal a lot i'm gonna send all my prayers to everyone affected just on a personal note donovan mitchell jr is my guy i love him he is the future of the nba gratefully he's 23 years old so he's not in the harmful age range but his father certainly is I'm just going to say, when someone notable dies off of this, hopefully, pray to God, it's no one like Tom Hanks or Donovan Mitchell Sr. Hopefully, it's nobody. But that will be the flashpoint. And I'm sure, Ryan, you know the guy. We can't have that happening. Yeah, best wishes to everyone affected, the Mitchells, Gobert, uh, everyone. Everyone affected, uh, best wishes, and stay safe, everyone. For Christian Q. Quaranta, I'm Ryan Morick. This is the Exit Velo Podcast. It's not goodbye. It's see you later. So long, stay safe, and take care, everybody.